St. Paul. It's our state representative from District 58A, Christy Purcell. Good morning, Representative Purcell. How are you today? Good morning. I am uh, I'm doing fine. I would be better if I was in beautiful downtown Northfield, but uh, happy to be with you this morning. <laughs> All right. You have had a, a very interesting week this week at the uh, state capitol. A lot of things going on, and you know, we're kind of getting to that late in the session time where things are happening. Uh, let's start off with the uh, governor's state of the state address earlier this week. I think that was Tuesday. You were part of the procession that let him in, weren't you? I sure was. Um, I I didn't realize there's a lot of pomp and circumstance around this. So I was one of five House members, and also there were five delegates from the Senate who um, walk behind the governor and sort of escort him into the chamber. And uh, yeah, so that was that was really interesting and kind of fun and I didn't have to do very much except try not to trip as uh, <laughs> as we walked into the house chamber. Now, how did you get selected for that? Uh, the, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the delegation that came from our house, I, I, I presume the speaker makes, chooses mm-hmm. that. Um, so there were three of us first years uh, who were from the DFL side. Um, Lee Finke, who is our, I, I can't remember which publication chose her as the the woman of the year for Minnesota. She's our first trans legislator. Um, my friend Mary Frances Clardy, who uh, is a black teacher from Invergrove Heights. Uh, two Republicans, two kind of long long serving Republicans from Greater Minnesota, and myself. And then um, in the Senate, I got to meet some of the the senators. I think there were three first-term senators from the DFL and then um, two two longer-serving senators from the Republicans. So uh, it was great. I got to actually meet and chat with senators for a little bit and and say hi to the governor and, and congratulate him before we before we walked into the House chamber. All right. In the meantime, we're getting to the, uh, as you mentioned, the, uh, the, the point in the, uh, uh, in the legislative session where things are just going to the floor. So I imagine it was a pretty busy week uh, on the floor of the uh, House. And I understand you got to uh, uh, address the Legislative Assembly uh, at a couple of times this week. Yes, my first times. Um so I, I picked up the microphone at my desk a couple of times to recall a bill from one committee to another, which is a motion that has to be made on the floor. But that's a pretty scripted, uh, you know, two sentences. So yesterday, for the first time, um, I presented an amendment to a bill on the floor, which had unanimous support um, for our agriculture policy bill. And then um, got to speak more broadly in favor of uh, our two agriculture bills, agriculture policy and agriculture finance. And um, yeah, that was a, a little more extemporaneous. I mean, I, I wrote out my speech, what I wanted to say, uh, but time is really a premium. So yesterday we heard five bills on the floor um, and ag were the first two and kind of went the fastest and were the least contentious. Um, but I, I got to got to talk 
passionately about how excited I am for a lot of the the things that are in our ag bills because as the vice chair, um, I've carried a lot of the bills and just have intimate knowledge and, and really think a lot of the things we're doing are going to help agriculture. So specifically setting up a grain indemnity fund. So because we've seen grain elevators fail, what happens is the farmers bring their grain to these elevators. Uh, they, they don't get paid right away. And then we've seen these elevators declare bankruptcy and go under. And the farmer not only does not get paid, but also does not have their grain in order to, you know, bring it elsewhere. So this is really um, ruining the farmers, in my opinion. So uh, it's like a, more than half the states in the U.S. have these grain indemnity funds, which is sort of a better um, uh, insurance for farmers to make sure that um, they aren't the ones putting up the collateral and then left holding the bag. So we will be um, sorting through the differences between the Senate and the House versions of our ag bills, um, but that's a really big provision that will be a, a, a game changer, um, I'm, I'm hoping, for ag, as well as just investing in soil health and climate-friendly farming practices, farm to school, um, lots and lots of great stuff in there. So I got to, I got to speak about that. Um, and, you know, there's not too many Democrats who might be as excited as I am about uh, agriculture, finance, and policy. So, um, yeah, yeah that, was, that, was pretty, that was pretty great for me. We did also hear bills on um, the, a, a new proposed, um, uh, gosh, I always forget this word, um, uh, making a children and families department. At the state level, because we know kids do a lot of developing before they, you know, get to kindergarten at age five. And right now, those services are spread across, like, six different agencies. So um, we heard those bills late last night. And then um, we also passed our education finance uh, bill. So I've had all the committees that I've served on now are omnibus bills have passed off the House floor and I presume we'll go into conference with the Senate in the coming week or weeks mm -hmm. and then final versions will come back to the House before we adjourn on May 22nd. Now you had mentioned uh, going through the conference committees and such. Have you, do you have any assignments in the conference committees? Will we be taking part in any of those? I sure hope so. I don't have assignments yet, but um, the House passed their agriculture bills last, or sorry, the Senate passed their agriculture bills last week. And now that we have passed ours, I think they have to uh, um, refuse to concur with our bills, and then we'll get assigned conference committees. I was speaking with um, the Senate Ag Committee Chair, and he thinks uh, he thinks he knows who his three conferees will be from the Senate, um, which would be a smaller conference committee than some of the bigger committees. They'll, they'll have five people from each chamber. So I'm hopeful that as the vice chair of the Ag Committee that that's a part of the process I'll be able to be part of. But um, we can't assign our conferees, and by we, I mean the Speaker of the House. I have nothing to do with it. Um, but I'm hoping that uh, I, I will make the cut as one of the three conferees from the House um, 
as soon as they uh, refuse to concur our bill, then those assignments can get made. So I was, I was asking if he could, if he could quick reject our uh, our bill so that I could find out if I'm on conference or not. I will probably not find out today, um, but I'm hopeful next week, and then we can start getting to work, working out the differences between their version of of the bills and ours. Now, the uh, are, are you at the point now where all of the uh, omnibus bills have gone through both the House uh, independently, one through the House and one through the Senate? Uh, is that is there like a deadline that those have to be uh, in to, before the uh, conference committee start? Um, yes and no. So those do have to go off of the floors in both chambers before conference committees can begin. But we are not through all those kind of uh, what, get, what gets termed the omnibus bills, so the collective bills for each of the committees. My four committees uh, have gone through those processes, so the environment bill and um, local government uh, elections was rolled into our state and local government bill. So those two were heard earlier in the week, and then agriculture and education finance were heard just last night. So now all four of my committees uh, have gone through that process, but they are not all through the Senate. And we have lots of other conference on the best bills to hear next week. So um, we've been told this week and next week and possibly this weekend, although I'm hopeful we're kind of on schedule. So I'm hopeful we won't need to be here this weekend, but we were told to clear our calendars in case we needed to be. Um, so we still have more of these these bills to go through our our chamber. Uh, once again, we're talking with State Representative Christy Purcell. Uh, Christy, there has been uh, the uh, bonding bill has uh, kind of gotten some uh, attention here lately. Will we have one? Will we not have one? The Republicans uh, say, we, you know, we can have one, but we want this in, in return. Has that, you know, from from your standpoint, uh, has, has that been a big part of discussions either, you know, within the legislature or just out in the hallways? Um, so uh, what I... Bonding is uh, part of the process I am least familiar with, so I I don't serve on that mm-hmm. committee. Although I've been trying to pay attention to, um, there's at least you know one bill that would really impact our um, our district and especially our region, which is um, the last couple miles of the Milltowns Trail mm-hmm. to connect, um, so folks could bicycle from Mankato to Red Wing or from Red Wing to Mankato. We're kind of the missing link in there. Um, so the, the bonding bill process though is so unique and different. So because this had been introduced in previous sessions, um, it was in our first iterations of the bonding bills that the house passed. And then the, the Senate said, nope, it's dead on arrival. And they want to do a cash only bill versus, you know, bonding and sort of borrowing for these projects as is typical, um, so I think the chairs are still working on that, but that process is really different. And, you know, with the GOP being in the minority and with the trifecta, they only have so many levers of power that they can pull. And one of them is on bonding because you need more than a simple majority to get that passed through both chambers. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm I'm keeping an eye on, you know, trying 
trying to make sure Milltown's Trail is not um, forgotten or skipped in the process. But it, that process seems to be quite different than uh, the rest of the processes for legislating. So I'm, I'm trying trying my best uh, to understand, but it's a little bit of a black box still for <laughs> me. So I, I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic that we can still get bonding. We really see that being so important for greater Minnesota, for sure. Um, it's, it's a way we can get some of our projects funded, especially when we we don't have as many levers to pull for, for paying for these projects. Um, so I'm hopeful that can happen, but it is a, a sort of a separate process mm-hmm. in my understanding. All right. Hey, let's uh, close this out. I understand, is it Purple Day today at the uh, Capitol? Yes. So um, folks, I hope, will be wearing diamonds and pearls and paisley and purple because um, today is the seventh anniversary of um, the day we lost our very own prince. Um, so he he loved the number seven, and um, it's just been been seven seven years uh, without his his love and music out in the world. But um, there's a section of highway that goes right by Paisley Park. It was actually already a memorial highway for someone else, and so we will be hearing a bill today to rename at least a small section of that highway, the Prince Rogers Nelson Memorial Highway. Um, so I'm, I'm imagining that there will be lots of purple and paisley and these other nods to Prince today. And, and we have a little bit of a lighter, I'm hopeful we'll have a little bit of a lighter uh, agenda today on the floor. So um, last time when Prince passed seven years ago, there was a keyboard brought into the house and, our now Lieutenant Governor sang. Um, I'm not sure we will uh, will be doing that uh, just with the, the time and session and how tired we all are. Um, but a chance to, to memorialize, you know, one of our one of our own who who left us too soon. And I think mm-hmm. we've we've heard a lot more about fentanyl overdoses and um, and and deaths. And you know that was that was a, a really impactful, high-profile Minnesotan to to lose in that way. And, of course, there have been thousands of others since then. So I think another opportunity to just bring to light the, the danger and the difficulty that we're having with opioids across the country and, and certainly here in Minnesota. So hopefully a little, little lightness and a little bit of joy uh, on the floor today. All right. Uh, Christy, we're out of time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, enjoy your, your day at the uh, legislative uh, session of the legislature, and we'll talk to you again next Friday. Thank you. That sounds great. Thanks so much, Jeff. Yep. Have a good weekend. You too. Christy Purcell from District 58A joins us every Friday morning at this time during the legislative session. We've got Rich standing by. Local news is next. This news update is brought to you by Northfield Retirement Community. Rooted in Christian values, Northfield Retirement Community